Today, let's talk KOTOR. <laughs> let's talk Star Wars games. Let's talk Star Wars leaks. Let's have some fun today. Let's do it. Welcome. 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 Welcome to Uplink. Could you give us a little bit of background on yourself? Uh, we were talking right before we recorded about some of the stuff you got for The Rise of Skywalker. Apparently, death threats are some of the things that you got <laughs> too, which is idiotic to me. Why, why do you have to be like this, Star Wars? But could you give us a little bit of background on yourself? Yeah, so I'm Best in Bulletin. I started a little Star Wars news channel on social media. Uh, just a little round of information of reliable sources from around the internet so fans won't get misled. Eventually, that led to me having sources at Pinewood Studios in England and a few more scattered around the States. So then we started to hear a lot of information regarding The Rise of Skywalker. So myself and a couple of the leakers were basically leaked the plot of that movie several months before the film released, which you mentioned the death threats. A lot of people were unhappy with the plot of that movie when uh, we were leaking it. So death threats were sent and that was a, a crazy time. And since then, we've other things we've had right were the EA Motive. We're working on a Star Wars game. And it would be the next one to release following Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, mm -hmm. We then reported that that game is Squadrons and that it would be a dogfighting game. And then we also had the release date and when you would first see a glimpse of that game. It's obviously with leaking mm -hmm. some things you will never hear confirmation on. So like there's other yeah. things I've reported which will make come true in the future, may not. Like one of them being Kotor, uh, which is the latest one that's made the rounds around the internet over the weekend yeah and boy did it make the rounds <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was uh it was it's quite big man it uh it's always surreal seeing your name plastered around especially from a little podcast that i do um mm -hmm. but yeah this that's hopefully happening um it's not just my sources that are saying it uh jason schreier who uh previously was for kotaku who is a welcome. huge, huge voice in the gaming community and really, really detailed. Yeah, if he says it, this usually happening. And another one then, Shinobi, uh, straight after the podcast came out, he said, yeah, like the, the game is happening. It's not over the studio you think, but it's, it's not as mysterious as you think. I don't know who that studio is, but, you know. Hmm. <laughs> Reg will have you believe otherwise. Um, yeah. No, it's <laughs> it's exciting though, like being in this new era of Star Wars, like going away from EA. Mm -hmm. It's going to be such a, oh, a great time for us. I know, g going back a little bit on, on some of the stuff that you covered, uh, I've been aware of you since uh, some of your the, the Rise of Skywalker stuff. And I know before you had reported about Motive coming out with a Squadrons game, uh, there was talk about it being delayed. There was talk about it actually coming out in 2021. And then once that came out, um, you got, we got that that leak and soon later the confirmation and the announcement all of all of the crazy stuff that happened with with uh, mode of star wars game the star the squadrons game was a weird one because uh i was sharing that it was it wasn't going to come out till the following year so this year 2021 and yeah roughly around the time they pulled the plug on battlefront 2 was like when we were hearing oh no this squadrons game is now coming out in 2020 and EA, just like, like I think about a month before that or something, uh, they did a investor's call. And mm -hmm. they even said there's no Star Wars game until fiscal year 2022. But yet, following later in that year, in 2020, here it is, Squadrons. And it's always really strange when EA says something like that in an investor call meeting. Usually, I mean, historically, they 
they stay away from really much anything other than Apex and Sims. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The money makers, basically. The the live service uh, yeah. games. Um yeah, it was weird when they did it because I think it was it must have been either the start of a financial year or the end of one. Which is where usually they might say what's coming out that year, how many titles they have coming out. Mm-hmm. So like they've already confirmed Battlefield six for next for this year, for the end of this year. And they did that last yeah. year, I think. So yeah, it, it's it's odd when they do it, but it's exhilarating as a Star Wars fan when they mention the name Star Wars. Yeah, anything. <laughs> yeah. Because the EA games are so far few between, it's like mm-hmm. maybe we'll get one this year, maybe we won't. We can never tell with EA. Maybe it'll get scrapped. We don't know. Exactly. Yeah, they are they are very brutal with with announcing or canceling or I mean, even with the, the case of Visceral completely canning the whole studio from from the, the troubles that they had with that Star Wars game, which which is crazy because you see how strong the Star Wars license is recently. Mm. Um, they EA Star Wars on Twitter announced that 19 million people got the free game from Epic Game Store, which that's crazy craziness of the announced numbers we're close to 50 million that's not even taking into account all of the people that we would have on xbox um because we don't have those numbers it's crazy. i i expect them to pull support for battlefront i heard it i think about a month before it happened i just didn't think it was that early because i was like mm-hmm. oh, maybe it's happening didn't want to say anything and then it just pulled and yeah. my dreams were shattered because the developers mm-hmm. of that game had so many plans for they the content did. coming yeah um, Padme, Ahsoka, Ventress, uh, Mandalorian content. There was a lot of stuff, man. They were going back to the Clone Wars right after, like the last content drop. It was, it was heartbreaking. That game turned a corner right. and just wasn't making enough money. That's that's it, I think. Mm-hmm. And- yeah, because the changes that they did make weren't good for the business. It was good for the players, but. Yeah. EA had to do that. They had to make a game and change it to be good for the players because of all the backlash that they received. I mean, even to this day, I have people who play games all of the time and come up to me like, hey, you still playing Battlefront, that pay-to-win game? I was like, dude, have you ever played this game? Yeah, I I still get the same. Anytime I bring that game up, people just instantly dismiss it, Um, which which is horrible because that game, in my opinion, became one of the best Star Wars games of all time by the end of this run. Hands like down. I, I adore that game. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope one day uh, we revisit the franchise. I think we probably will. I don't know any inside information on it, but I would like to. It'll be different without Dennis Brandval at the helm. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if they get most of that team back, the love will be there, and I'll be the day one to support that game. Kind of bit a, a bit on that topic. Mm. What are your thoughts about the the news that KOTOR is in development um, or the the leak the, the information that we got about KOTOR being in development not at EA would you go in a little bit about that and then follow up do you think we could get a Battlefront 3 not with EA um, so I, I can't say too much about the KOTOR stuff because it just came from my, like a couple of my sources um, mm-hmm. which is why I just said it willy nilly on a podcast was just because <laughs> I did. I, it wasn't enough information. I thought I'll just say it and pass in, and yeah, like mm-hmm. nobody, nobody will care. Nobody will report on it. Now you're gonna have to be more careful. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, because I've said a lot of things on the podcast like the last few months, and nobody's it hasn't gone around like this. Usually, if I post mm-hmm. it to the socials, that's a different thing. That is that will go around. Um, but yeah, Koto. Um, 
I I don't know how long this thing has been in development. I don't think it's recent. By that I mean I don't think it's like the last couple of months. Um, I think it's been in the works for quite some time. Uh, I know uh, Bioware Austin originally were were working on a uh, on a Knights of Republic game. I think mm-hmm. development done that stopped by twenty eighteen. Yeah. So it's definitely not like linked. Um, it's definitely not with EA. Uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, I know some people are speculating that it's a retelling of uh, both games, one and two. Um, that's not something I feared. I like I said I feared next to nothing on it other than it's it's not with EA. Um, but yeah, I think and again, it's speculation. If they are telling the story. It's going to be the t- definitive story. I don't think they're going to let mm-hmm. fans have all the creative choices they had with the original games. Um, yeah. Because of how Lucasfilm are with canon these days. Yeah, every single option would have to be canon. Otherwise, Lucasfilm... I mean, that was their whole thing with Disney is they, they got rid of the, the the legend stuff and they were like, okay, if going forward, Star Wars is Star Wars, what we make is definitive. Yeah, and so. I think that'll translate. And we, we know from interviews with with developers on Battlefront and with Jedi Fallen Order that the story group is heavily involved and they make sure every aspect of that game is to their standard. Um, mm-hmm. And I believe it'll be the same with KOTOR. They're not going to let that just be like, hey, yeah, you can choose uh, Revan to be a male or female. You can choose if he ends up on the light or the dark. Yeah, it's up to you. That's not going to be the case. I can't see that being the case at all. Yeah. Um, and as for if there's a Battlefront outside of uh, EA, um, part of me wishes they would stay with EA only because of some of the developers of Dice and their love oh, for definitely. the franchise. Um, but the if you look at even look at Ubisoft who are doing this open world game, uh, the support they give Rainbow Six Siege, which is a massive exactly. game, exactly. Yeah, like Battlefront could thrive there. Um, and say what you want about Activision. They make good shooters. Call of Duty reviews well every year. Uh, it's the reason mm-hmm. why that game sells. Um, yeah. <laughs> so if they were to put their hands on Battlefront, I'm sure they'd give us a great shooter. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it'll have the love that uh, developers of Dice could give us that we'd want. Yeah, that that's the thing with the Battlefront franchise. Historically, it's always been a team that is really deep into the lore i mean cj drew ex- inspiration for a bunch of the weapons from a lot of canon stuff we got a lot of especially with battlefront 2015 we got a lot of they delved deep into star wars original trilogy to pull out characters for that like they are strong in the force i would say <laughs> <laughs> yeah big time um just before they pulled support i was about to interview dennis and uh. I was so looking forward to it. I didn't care about talking about Star Wars. And I just wanted to interview that man. He's a legend. Mm-hmm. I love Dennis. He Brando. is. Yeah. And yeah. when they pulled support and uh, he, like the emails just stopped, I was like, yeah, great. You know, I can't yeah, talk chat with this legend anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Because yeah, we had him on our podcast three years ago, I think. Dude. So cool. Super fun guy. We talked, all things Star Wars, and we I met with him at EA Play one year, and dude just loves Star Wars. Period. Yeah, that's always the vibe I got from him, and from like the rest of the team, like you said, CJ, even like Ben, the you know everybody there was, and they were so excited about the future of that game. 
which is, mm-hmm. I think EA must have made a really harsh and quick decision on like, hey, like Squadrons is close to being done. We could probably cut a lot of content and just put it out uh, for like a reduced price because that'll mm-hmm. make us money. Whereas Battlefront isn't making us anything. I think the team there was too small to pump out skins on a consistent basis. Like, yeah. it's either get skins or get content. And obviously for me and you as players, we'd rather have the content. Um, mm-hmm. But if they said, hey, look, we've spotted this game for a few years for free. Um, we're going to implement a season pass. I would have paid that happily. I would have oh, given them. hands down. Yeah, 50 quid. I would have done Do it. Do you need 40 more dollars? <laughs> I'll yeah, give I you 40 more dollars. <laughs> yeah, but I was so excited for the future of that game. I'm, it's, but I think now we are entering a new phase of Star Wars games. And it's going to be mm-hmm. it's going to be amazing. Like Matt Martin said on Twitter, um, he's really excited for the future. And I think all of us should yeah. be as well. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan of video game history. I'm a huge fan of Star Wars video game history. Going back, I was looking through the, the timeline of Star Wars games and what we revere as the golden era, which would be 2004, probably around 2006 or so. Um, compared to, I mean, you could probably throw in, I'd say early 2000s to mid 2006 or so that is the strong part for star wars games and everyone reveres it as that was when star wars was the best but you go back and look at the games that they were actually released while they were huge monumental games they didn't release very frequently in between each other um so i think we could definitely see a new golden era of star wars games coming up soon i think i personally would just be happy with what with one game a year just from Mm -hmm. the lack of games ea were pumping out um and I think like something like Squadrons isn't for me. Um, I'm not a big flyer like in video games. Um, okay. Starfighter Assault was one of my least played modes in Battlefront. So uh, yeah, that wasn't for me. But something like Jedi Fallen Order was right up my alley. Um, and I think we're going to get a lot of variety from the future now of Star Wars. Like You won't feel like you're missing out on too much if you didn't enjoy one of the games. Because you know, hey, mm-hmm. in a few months and maybe a year, there's something else around the corner for me. Like Ubisoft are making this sprawling open world Star Wars game. EA is still pumping out games. You've got Jedi Fallen Order, the sequel coming out next year. You've got Mm -hmm. the KOTOR game in development. There's there's a lot happening right now. And there's definitely deals that Lucasfilm Games has made that we definitely don't know about 100%. And EA themselves, they have like, uh, outside of the Fallen Order sequel, I think they have two other games that I'm aware of in development. Uh, one being a smaller scale game. Um, so yeah, man, it's it's so exciting. Like going back to that period of 2004 to 2006, that was like my childhood. So that mm-hmm. is so nostalgic to look back on those games. Battlefront, Republic Commando, The Force Unleashed. Yes. The, the Revenge of the Sith game. I adored that thing. I replayed that so many times. Um, but yeah, man, we. I'm so excited for the future. Like I keep saying it, but it's because... It's just, I'm just so hyped up for it. Just so hyped. Definitely. It is, I, I mean, I've said this so many times the past two weeks, ever since we got the Lucasfilm Games announcement, it is a good time to be a Star Wars gaming fan. Mm. We have more Star Wars games to look forward to. I I think um, the thing with, while EA makes really good games, I love the games that they made. One of the things and the problems with that exclusivity license was the exclusiveness if only one 
publisher is able to make a Star Wars game, that's going to limit the amount of throughput, especially with with EA canceling games pretty consistently, canceling a whole studio. That's that's down one of their studios that could work on a Star Wars game. But now that we have it opened, you're going to have that competition between studios um, to make one of like the better Star Wars game. You're all going to work on the same license. You all want to succeed, but you also want to be like, you know what? We made the good Star Wars game. All those yeah, other games were, were good. We made the great one. Um, yeah. So that, it's going to be good. And I think EA, they've spent a, the last couple of years trying to rebuild their reputation, supporting mm-hmm. Battlefront 2 as much as they did, and giving squadrons out for the price that they were. That was uh, that was good faith to Star Wars fans. Uh, they weren't just getting bashed on left, right, and center anymore, EA. Um, yeah. And yeah, they've canceled so many games. But for the future of EA, they won't feel that pressure of delivering a game a year anymore. So they're going to be mm-hmm. just closing down projects left and right just because they're trying to hit a target. Um, like the, it was like a, I think it was called Project Orca. It was supposed to be like the Destiny-esque Star Wars game. Uh, okay. They, they wanted that to release in 2020 and they shut it down in 2018 because mm. it wasn't meeting the deadlines. It wasn't going to hit 2020. And EA, like with Pronout Squadrons this year, we're pretty determined to get a game out this year. And interesting. Yeah. Um, there's a few of them, like the, the small scale Battlefront game that was yeah, being developed. The, the spin-off. Yeah, Project Viking, I believe it was called. Um focusing was it focusing on Zay or something? I can't remember what it's focusing on. Um but yeah, like they they won't feel that pressure anymore. So they can focus all their energy on uh like a Fallen Order as a franchise or mm-hmm. like these other two games is in development. They don't have to rush these projects now because they made the commitment to Lucasfilm. Like, hey, yo, after like, I think it was supposed to be after Battlefront 2, they were supposed to put a game a year. And yeah. that fell flat in his face, like instantly. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, they, they, they don't have that pressure anymore, which is only good. And a competition is always a good thing. Like, Ubisoft are going to make... Like, that's what they do these days, Ubisoft. They make amazing open-world games. Mm-hmm. Look, like, all the Assassin's Creed's has come out the last, like, four years. All critically acclaimed. So solid. Yeah, and then the support they give Rainbow Six, and... Yeah, Unmatched they, in the world of gaming. Like, that is yeah. the poster child for a game that can launch with subpar reception. But you can continue to support that game. It's what coming into its sixth year, I think, in twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah, and they've got a they've got a spin off game for that game coming out. Like Ubisoft <laughs> are a great studio for Star Wars because mm-hmm. I remember back in twenty eighteen, um, I started hearing talks that Lucasfilm are chatting with Ubisoft and Activision. And I remember saying to my friends at the time, I said, uh, if they are going to give one publisher the license, I hope it's Ubisoft. Because mm. we'd get the most out of that as fans. Like, look how consistently yeah, they're able to pump out the Assassin's Creed games and the Far Cry games and Watch Dogs. They pump them out mm-hmm. on a consistent basis. They could do that for Star Wars. Um, yeah, easily. They have the pipeline set up for that. Yeah, and with with their reputation, with everything they've done in the past, the games they've developed, there's so many different genres of Star Wars games we could get. Um 
And I think Ubisoft will probably do more than just this one game. This might be the tester, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm sure people at Ubisoft are hoping this is a going to launch a franchise for them. Uh, yeah, it's come from the makers of the Division, and the Division One was I think it's Ubisoft's best-selling game of all time. Uh, oh wow! And the Division Two was reviewed far better than that game. So these guys mm-hmm. know what they're doing. Um, it does beg the question if it'll be a live service uh, Star Wars game. But if even if it is, I, I I feel as if I'm fine with that. I think yeah, I've I've come around to that thinking too. Usually, I'm not a live service type of person. Yeah, but if it's Star Wars, I will definitely invest that time. Oh yeah, I, the time and the money. They like they can take me for a mug. I, like it's gonna happen, you know. <laughs> but yeah, um, and then even if they do give it to Activision, I'll just be excited for Activision to implement shooter mechanics. Like this mm-hmm. Call of Duty shooter mechanics is is amazing. Oh, dude. They are so solid. I think the the only the only other development company that I think is on par with something like that in terms of like gameplay and gun fill would be like Respawn. And yeah. the good thing is we could possibly have a future where Activision is making a Star Wars game and Respawn is still making Star exactly. Wars games. <laughs> yeah, like uh, Vince Zampali, he's taken over Dice LA, right? He's turned into something else. Mm-hmm. Like, who's to say he doesn't decide to pump out a different Star Wars game that isn't Fallen Order. Because I know they're treating Fallen Order as a franchise, and rightly so. Um, I believe we're yeah. probably going to get trilogy from that game. Um, and Please. Yeah. Yeah, I think, it'll, I think it'll happen. And who's to say, like, there might be a spin-off game from one of those uh, if they introduce a new beloved character. Like, personally, I'd mm-hmm. love to play as Trilla in another game. Ooh, I adore yeah. her as a character. Um... But I think we've got a uh, Cal Kestis for a while, which is which is fine. I uh, mm-hmm. I don't mind Cal, but yeah, uh, I think I, don't, I know some tidbits about uh, the sequel of Fallen Order, which I'm still sitting on just because it's so far out that I don't mm-hmm. want to give out story stuff. Um, yeah, but it's exciting, man. That game is <laughs> I'm excited for that game. I think it's going to be better than the first one. Ooh, that's good. Um, you don't have to tell me, mm-hmm. but I'm curious. Um, do you think that they will continue on the Metroidvania style, or do you think they're going to develop that? Because the thing with Battlefront, or the thing with Fallen Order, was we started with Calcastus as a less powerful character who had to learn those abilities from his past and reopen those doors. Now that we have those, I think that's going to be interesting to see how they do for uh, story wise. Yeah, it is a. It is an interesting one. I don't know. Um, apparently, we are going to follow the story of Cal. Still, okay. That was one of the last things. Oh, no, sorry, one of the first things I heard. It, it, yeah, it is following Cal. Um, and there's some things that are obvious, like you could guess yourself, that may happen mm-hmm. in the sequel. Um, but I, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they handle it because it feel really wrong if they've just found a new way for you to open like certain areas like you're not relearning the force powers you forgot yeah that you know it, it, oh, it feels weird Cal lost his memories we gotta do yeah. this again he took a bump on the head when he's escaping like from <laughs> Vader like yeah it'll be weird um, mm-hmm. but like thinking about it Vader is not gonna let that lie so mm-hmm. that's true yeah 
and the Emperor. Like, he's all about finding these Force-sensitive uh, users, isn't he? So, there's, yeah. there's a story in there. This episode of Upling Podcast is brought to you by It's Not a Tiny House Podcast, a podcast all about alternative living and making it happen. Definitely go give them a listen. Link will be in the description of this episode. You can find it wherever you find podcasts. Going forward, what are your expectations for the future of Star Wars games? Um, what do you hope to see? The first thing I want to see back is is Battlefront. And that's because of my love for the franchise dating back to the originals. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so many fond memories with those games. Um, and with the resurgence of Star Wars uh, in the 2010s, like Battlefront was there alongside it. Um, so I definitely want to see Battlefront continue. Um, I'd prefer it to be with DICE. Um, but I think the future of Star Wars is just variety. We're no longer mm-hmm. going to get these. Like uh, the time with EA, we had two Battlefronts, a Fallen Order, and Squadrons. There's a little yeah. bit of variety in there, but not much. And I think the future is is that. Like if you are getting KOTOR, which could have RPG elements, if you are then getting an open world, a sprawling open world game from Ubisoft, if you then get in Fallen Order, which is a Metroidvania, and you get in like these smaller little games like Squadrons that EA are working on, and you hand off to Activision. All of these games, it's variety. It's choice for us as players. Um, yeah. Which is the most exciting thing. You said it earlier, like, are we going back to that golden age of Star Wars video games? And yeah, I think you give us five years, and I think we'd, we'd be on the cusp of it. I think mm-hmm. the first couple of years outside of the EA deal, which is 2023, we're going to start to see them slowly creep out from other studios. But a couple of years in, we're going to be flourishing along with mm-hmm. Star Wars content in general, um, with all the TV series and the oh. movies and the games. We're going to be inundated with Star Wars content, which is amazing. Um, we we will be truly spoiled as Star Wars fans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so exciting, I'm, I'm man. super pumped for that. Definitely. What are some of your expectations? Did you ever play the KOTOR games? Yes. I didn't play them as they released, and I probably didn't play did I. KOTOR uh, the way it should have been played, which is on an iPad. Um, <laughs> yeah, I played it on an iPad about eight years ago. Um, okay. I enjoyed it. Yeah, my Revan, he uh, he was a good guy in the end. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the guys I do the podcast with, uh, Bob the Podcast, uh, my co-host Isaac, he's he's in love with Koto. He still replays it like every year. Um, oh wow! Yeah, he's he's uh, he's that's he says that's the thing that defined him as a gamer. Oh wow! Um, okay, yeah, so it's a huge part of him. It's a huge part of him. Uh, his favorite genre of games is RPGs, and he he boils that down to Koto. Um, He's yes, but for me, uh, Kotor isn't something I have the reverence for. Like I recognize mm-hmm. how great of a game it was, and how impactful it was for its release. Um, but I think this Kotor, this new one, this definitive version, which is again speculation, um, could be what grabs me into that world, because all of the old Republic stuff now is just it isn't canon. 
So I'm excited mm-hmm. to see Lucasfilm rebuild that world. Um, and yeah, that's that's just going to be thrilling because I love Revan, I love Malik. Um, but yeah, it's if you're bringing it back, you need to modernize it a little bit, for, in my opinion. Oh, definitely optimize it for a console. I, I played it through Xbox uh, backwards compatibility, mm. and you can tell that at least the first game for sure that it was made for a keyboard and mouse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it wasn't it, surprisingly, it wasn't a bad experience on an iPad. It was surprisingly mm-hmm. smooth. Um, this not the ideal way to play play it on an Xbox. Of course, <laughs> but. Like you, I played it later on in life. I didn't grow up with it. I had friends who adored it growing up, but it wasn't my type of type of game really at that time. I've gone back and played it, really enjoyed it. I preferred the second one. Yeah, I've, my friends say that as well. That they think the story in the second one is better than the first. Mm-hmm. Um, is that how so, you feel? I do. I, I, f- I feel the exact same way. Um, it just seemed a lot more... It seemed to flow better. And I like the way it laid everything out. Yeah. I'm, I'm confused about the, the statement of we will never guess who it's with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because um, um, so that kind of cuts out Bioware and was, Obsidian. Who would? <laughs> it's definitely a. It's not Bioware. Like they yeah. obviously they're owned by EA these days. But um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So Jason Schreier said we wouldn't guess the studio, the publisher. Um, and Shinobi six hundred two. He said it's not as mysterious as we think. It's just not a household name. Okay. So you've got a question: What's a household name mm-hmm. in the gaming community? Not just like the general public because they know Activision and they know EA and they know Bethesda. Yeah. Um, but in Is the Obsidian game, household game name, I would think so. I would think so too, which yeah. makes me sad. Um, just because of like, obviously the legacy they made with, mm-hmm. with KOTOR 2, even like lately with the Outer Worlds. Um, yeah. Outer Worlds is so fun. Yeah. I think I, yeah, I, I personally would rule them out, but like, I know nothing like I, you know, hands up i don't know who's making it yeah um if i do find out like obviously i'm gonna like say it um uh-huh. so hopefully i find Mention out it in your podcast <laughs> i won't be doing it on a podcast next time <laughs> it'll be it'll be written down so nobody takes anything out of context it'll be mm-hmm. fine so uh before we end getting into the weeds um what are your thoughts on that do you do you feel like you have to be super careful with what you say now um do you feel uh, an extra weight on that yeah definitely i've always when i've done leaks and scoops um it was always through my pages so it was always me taking a couple of hours to write things down and to explain things a certain way um mm-hmm. and yeah when it came to the podcast i just simply said it's uh it's in the it's in development but not with the a and <laughs> I prefaced that that was the scoop. That was the little tidbit of the leak. Uh-huh. And then my friends and I, we went into speculation. And we prefaced it with speculation. And mm-hmm. we were like, oh, maybe like Vicarious Visions. Like, because they have experience with remakes. Obviously, that's not possible now. Because they've yeah. been merged with Blizzard. Um, and yeah, we were like, oh, maybe it won't be an RPG. Maybe it be more linear. Um, and some of the Reddit comments took that as facts. And run with it. And then I've seen yeah. all these websites. You could tell they weren't <laughs> listening to the podcast. They were just reading Reddit, reading the comments, yeah. like, okay, let's copy and paste that. Um, so that was a lot Game of time. Of telephone. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, this was the reason I didn't really say anything on podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it just confirmed my theories of, yeah, people would misunderstand. And they, they did. Um, but yeah, I've always done it through uh, my pages. Um, and I think that's the way forward. Maybe I'll hint at stuff on a podcast and uh, tell them when and where I'll post a, a scoop. And yeah. they can all show up for it. Um, because there was like some un- unkind comments on Reddit directed towards mm-hmm. the podcast and my co-hosts. Um, I've personally on Reddit have always been pretty chill. I've always tried my best to be a nice guy over there. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I always try my best to be a nice guy anyway. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. So uh, to avoid that and to avoid my co-hosts getting that kind of strain, I'll probably not do on the podcast anymore. Um, but yeah, it's it's a weird one. Like I've always been used to negativity just from being a leaker. You always get it. Like you ask any other leaker out there, like Castle Run Transmissions or anybody, and they'll they'll tell you that yeah, there's negativity on a daily basis. Um, like <laughs> we talked about the trust stuff, like death threats being sent. Like that was crazy. Um, it's just part of being a leaker. If people don't like what they hear, they will just take it out on the messenger. It's just how it is. Um, that makes me so mad sad for life <laughs> mate this it was crazy like it's yeah i've never had anything to that extent again um the trust stuff was the trust stuff i guess um people were so invested in ben solo in particular that when we found out he was uh he's getting killed off that yeah the, a big section of the community didn't take that well um and yeah, this obviously you want everybody to be nice. You want the fandom to be inviting, mm-hmm. but like the, it's in any fandom uh, that you'll find toxicity. And the Star Wars fandom isn't that. It isn't all toxic fans. Oh no! Like I'd say, ninety nine percent of them, amazing people. Um, it's just always that one percent in any community. It's not just ours. Mm-hmm. Um, that you get that and. Yeah, you'll always get the naysayers, like, people have been having a go over the KOTOR stuff, like, and I didn't really say much on it, so. <laughs> I just said it was happening, guys, calm down. Yeah, chill, like, there's no need to, like, bash me and my friends, we're just here for a good time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Where do you want uh, Star Wars to go? What games would you like to see in the future? Oh, personally, I would love to see, I mean, we've all wanted a an open world game. I really hope that one, it would be awesome to see if it was like a bounty hunter and Coruscant. 1313 honestly was like my dream game. When that got Mm. announced and then canceled, I was like, I was very sad. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Another one that I would love to see is on, on the rainbow six bandwagon. It's a smaller scale tactical shooter. I, I think I would love to see that in the star Wars universe, something smaller with, um, an expectation to grow as time goes on. Uh, I think personally that would be super fun. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Like you can have a little squad on each side. You can be a clone trooper against the separatists. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd put it out for like 40, 40 bucks or something, something small. Yeah. And then support over time, like a live service. Yeah. That'd be an amazing game. And, or um, they could even do uh, free to play game as a service stuff i think that that could be a huge boom to the diversity of a star wars game 
Yeah, it was also funny because didn't like the the Battlefront Two team at some point like consider doing a battle royale. They did, which I would have loved to see. That's oh, how man. that's how that game would have made money. I I suppose mm-hmm. maybe if there was a Battlefront Two uh, battle royale, that maybe the game would still be around now. Oh, could you imagine if they? I mean, even if it was a tie-in thing, you didn't have to like uh, Warzone style. Like you didn't have to pay for the whole game. Mm. Um, you could have that access. It downloads the entire game, but you only have access to the battle royale. It's free to play. You, your whole support is through uh, customization and skins. Um, they have the one map, so it's not a huge time sink continuation. Mm. Uh, you do it season pass style, all about skins. I think that would be huge. It would be a good way to bring in um, support for the game, money for the game. Yeah, it's like um, I play Warzone. Quite a bit with my friends. Um, I'm not a big mm-hmm. Call. Of, I'm not a big Call of Duty guy, but it's just that one mode. And uh, yeah, when they put out zombies free for a week uh, last week, uh, we ended up buying Black Ops just because we enjoyed how that game felt. And if they had done mm-hmm. something similar with Battlefront, give them Battle Royale, give them a free week of the entire game, people would have invested. I think in that game once they've Definitely. once they saw what was on offer, of course. Um, yeah, do you, where do you, what do you want from a third Battlefront then? If because obviously it used to be called the Battlefront podcast, um, mm-hmm. where do you want Battlefront to go? So I would love to see a spinoff game like the one I just mentioned. Mm. Um, there, there are two ways that I would like to see a Battlefront go. One that isn't the fan favorite because it's a smaller scale game mode that grows over time. It has a battle royale feature to it, um, and then the other one is just. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, but <laughs> yeah. Battlefront. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the only problem I have with that, and I, th- I think Battlefront definitely faced this in its production, was of its scope. It mm. had three development teams on it. They tried to do everything. Um, and because they tried to do everything, they let stuff that they seemed to be small go through the cracks. Right. Seemed to be small being the loot crates and all of that controversy mm. that sparked a whole movement in the world of gaming. <laughs> Honestly, I think Battlefront was just the one to take the hit because oh, definitely, it, yeah, it benefited us in the long run as gamers. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing's now as egregious as that, and and th- technically that wasn't that egregious compared to other games. <laughs> yes, true. It was just a po- poster child at that point, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it's unfortunate that it had to take the hit, but it developed into such an amazing game. Yeah, definitely, and. You could definitely speculate, like if that never happened to Battlefront, it would not have been uh, successful. I yeah, I think so because didn't they get the highest players uh, around the time of the Kenobi update? Like that's when the game was thriving, like a year after launch. They had a bunch of like surges. Like if they continued support for the game with all of this stuff happening right now, we had um, the Clone Wars that really sparked a huge movement for people picking up the game. Um, so first they they did the the whole progression system refresh Mm -hmm. it was the clone wars update that really pushed forward it was the celebration edition which is another one basically any dlc drop that they had in the clone wars was big then they had the celebration edition then they had the playstation plus free and then they had the game being added to game pass and then they had the game being free for epic game store like. the playstation thing was so annoying when it went to f- like on, on playstation plus it was like a month after they pulled support i was like mm-hmm. this could have been such a massive influx you could have sold them the celebration edition to get all the skins like come on seriously dude i was 
I had to stop playing Battlefront after they announced that the support was ending. Like, I was depressed that whole week. I was like, yeah. Me and my friends, we tried to keep the like the hype train going, and it was like a couple months in without the support, uh, and I was like, yeah, I think we've got to accept this is over. Like, mm-hmm. it's time to move on. Um, and yes, but it's always, you know, so exciting to see so many people discovering that game. Like we mentioned earlier, so 19 million players. Yes. Took advantage of the Epic Game Store thing. Imagine what that would have done for the game if it was still being supported. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, first off, no one would be able to play it because they were still adding servers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that dude, they had that. That's one of the first times in EA's history. Um, there are only a few times where they've had to put in third-party servers. Dude, yeah. If you're down, I'd love to have you on again. You could talk Star Wars games all day. Of course, man. I'd happily come back on in a heartbeat. Perfect. Well, have a good rest of your day. I will link all of your stuff down below. Definitely. If you've not heard of Bestman Bulletin, if you've not heard of Bestman Bulletin in the past week, where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been it's been it's been a crazy one to be fair. Yeah, it's been mm-hmm. wild. Super happy for you. Uh, thank you, man. Thank you for having me. That's all for this episode of Uplink Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash uplinkpodcast to get exclusive content as well as access to Uplink Plus, a monthly exclusive podcast talking all things wider world of gaming, Star Wars, and more. Definitely come check this out and help us support the show. A great free way to support the show is by leaving us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Anywhere you can leave a review of the podcast, it helps us out a ton and helps new listeners find the show. You can follow us on Twitter at Uplink Podcast as well as on Instagram, Uplink Podcast as well. Twitter is a great way to keep up to date on all things Star Wars gaming as well as all things on the show. Also, definitely check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Star Wars Battlefront podcast. We stream every Saturday at usually it's around 12 p.m. MST. We play Star Wars games, we play Among Us, we play all kinds of fun stuff, and it is a great time. Also, stay tuned for some more content coming to our YouTube channel as we are ramping things up for 2021. Also, if you love video games, Star Wars, plants, and pizza, definitely check us out on Discord. Link will be in the description. Come join our awesome community. You can listen to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, you can find the show. As always, thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you.